Good morning. All right. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer again this morning. Mr. Mike, you lead us. Amen. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22. Enjoy that, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> you want the floor? Okay. Yeah. Are you just going to leave now? Or where are you going? Oh, okay. I got you. I did upward too. It'll, it'll make you realize. Um, I think Hunter said something about it in the prayer room, but it makes you real, your heart go out to these kids who have parents that won't take them to church. That, that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Brian was talking about how it pricks your heartstrings. I read not long ago something that just blew my mind. I mean, you know it, but you know how you read things and you don't realize. But Spurgeon said, consider how precious a soul is. When both God and the devil are after it. <laughs> and you know, Jesus said, what's the profit of man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And so the soul of a man, that's, that's important. So thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Been good. All right. Revelation chapter 22. We'll start reading in verse 1. Read down. Until I get ready to stop. <laughs> Somewhere. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly, come, uh, shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. All right, we'll stop there. So, you remember what we talked about last time we talked about this? It's been a couple of weeks. We didn't do it last week. We had our revival, uh, not revival, our Bible conference. 
Anybody remember what we were talking about? Yeah, we talked about the tree. Yep. Yeah, we talked about the tree and the river. That's where we stopped. We kind of talked about what the tree might be, the fruits, not necessarily what fruit it is, but maybe 12 manner of fruits may mean that it produces a different fruit every month. What the leaves of the tree might be for, we've already talked about all that. Um, I was lucky Jim was in here because he asked a lot of questions about that. <laughs> but that's where we were. And so we'll pick up this morning in verse 3. And there shall be, and these things are coming, I mean, it's coming down rapidly. I don't know when we'll be done, but these things are wrapping up really quick. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And so, you know, I read that verse, and I read it again, and I read it again. <laughs> and every time I skip right past that first phrase, and there shall be no more curse. And I was, I was so focused on the throne, and I was fo- focused on his face, and I was focused on a name in their foreheads. But I don't want to just skip right past there shall be no more curse, because that's a blessing. We don't know what that's like. Um, in that no more curse, there'll, there'll be no more death. There'll be no more parting. There'll be no more sin. All that's done with. No more curse. Um, there, there'll be no more uh, entropy law. Who knows what the entropy law is? <laughs> Your eyes are like saucers. Entropy law. Second law of thermodynamics. Anybody know what that is? Is that you laughing? Okay, I thought it was. You laughing because you know what it is and nobody else does? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, if you didn't know it as entropy law, I thought you might know it as a second law of thermodynamics. No, you have a degree in science, so, um, yeah. But uh, anyway. What what what's that? Do you not teach thermodynamics? Okay. What what subject do you teach? Biology. Biology. Okay. Okay. Man, you, were you here when we went through uh, creation? <laughs> she was not here. Okay. Nah, I'll do that again sometime. Anybody? Uh, hey hey. <laughs> Hey, go get that laptop. He, he wouldn't have said nothing. I think you type www.google.com and pull that up. <laughs> you don't got, do you know what it is? Very good. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. Man, I need to sit down. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, go to Wikipedia and put your entry in. Did you know that before you joined the Jenkins family? You, I figured you did. You actually forgot some of it when you joined that family, didn't you? Okay, yeah. All right. All right. Enough insulting Misty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to sum up what he said. <laughs> what he said. And this is, more of a, this, this is more of a generalized thing in total of the entropy law. And, and it's basically that everything trends to disorder. Nothing gets better. It just gets worse. Now, if you listen to scholars of our day, they'll tell you that mankind is getting better. Right? I mean, I don't know what you believe, Whitney, but I hope I ain't about to burst your bubble here. (laughs) But these people that are teaching our kids, for the most part, teach that I ain't talking about her. Angie, I saw you look at her. I'm not talking. I don't know what you teach. I don't know what you teach. I'm just saying. In a general rule in public school, in the public school system, and not just public school, some of the private schools too, they teach them that so many billion years ago the earth came to be and all this hogwash. And so many millions of years ago, you know, you had this, <laughs> this thing that, was created and grew a tail and jumped out and all these years later here we are basically that's what it is so we have evolved from a tadpole to what we are today and you watch these movies and these millions of years ago you see you know early mankind hovering over something and a spark and then they get oh fire you know just and they just they look like a a cross between an ape and a man um and it always shocks me that even with dinosaurs, you know, they can find them. With dinosaurs, they can, i got to get off this. <laughs> with dinosaurs, they can find a hip bone, and they can recreate the whole dinosaur. How is that? All they found was a hip bone. Thank you. I'm glad you said biology. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, I said that to say, and took that detour, that they say that man is evolving into better, into a better thing. And the, first of all, the Bible says there's none good. And if that wasn't enough, no, not one. It's getting worse. And all you have to do is look at today's headlines. I mean... I'm going to tell you, and I'm not staying here. I never would have thought I would see the day when there's a room full of parents that will bring their three, four, and five-year-old children to a drag show. I can't understand it. I can't understand it. I'm not, I don't want to get off on that. I'm just saying, we ain't getting better. <laughs> We're getting worse. Yeah, yeah, we're getting worse. And so, that's what the entropy law is. Everything tends to disorder. Everything tends to destruction, basically. If you set your brand new Chevrolet out in the yard 
and you left it there for years, what's going to happen? Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? It's going to rust. The paint's going to start peeling off because of the sun and all this other kind of stuff. It gets worse. You set something up and, you know, it's kind of the thing. You know, a house needs to be lived in. I've heard that before. You know, or it just goes down. Everything gets worse. That'll be no more during that time. That's over with. That's over with. There is no more curse. There is no more curse. Um, and then it says, The throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know what that means. But I still don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you knew that you were going to spend eternity being a servant to God, would that bother you? Not me. <laughs> I'd just be glad to be there. Because I, I shouldn't be. I don't deserve to be. And they shall see his face. We don't know what that's going to be like. Uh, you know, if you think about it in the Old Testament, you know, Abraham asked for that. Wait, was it Abraham? It was Moses. Moses asked for that. Thank you, Brother Dustin. Um, he said, God, I, I want to see your face. And God said, you can't. No man can see my face and live. Well, that day we will. And he passed. Think about what happened. You know, he passed by. He put him in a cleft of a rock and passed by. And all Abraham, uh, all Moses saw was his hinder parts. And he come down from there, face glowing. Had to cover his face. I mean, you know, and our, you know, our bodies nowadays can't take it. But one day we'll see his face. And the last part of the verse says, verse 4 says, And his name shall be in their foreheads. And we've talked about this before at different times. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. I believe that's where... Revelation chapter 3. Let me find here. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Well, we'll start with 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh. And we've talked about what that is. Salvation is not works-based. We talked about what does it mean to be an overcomer. Okay? It's talking about saved people. We've already, we've already proved that. Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he, shall go no, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, which is what we're talking about right now. <laughs> and I will write upon him my new name. And so there we see God's name written on these people. Who, who can think of another time that we saw this in our study? There was a time when it was written right in their foreheads. Anybody remember? In Revelation chapter 7, the angel's getting ready to do a whole lot of destruction, and they, he, they, God stops him and says, Seal these 144,000 first. And so in Revelation, let me turn there, Revelation chapter 7.
Yeah, right there at verse 1. Verse 1 through, well, maybe close to the end of the chapter. You can read that later. We've already talked about it. His name is on them. So, I don't, I don't know exactly what it means. Is, is it really going to be there? <laughs> is it describing their character? Um, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, chapter 28, it's talking about the tabernacle. And it talks about the Ark of the Covenant and things. And it, then it starts talking about the priestly garments that Aaron and his sons are going to wear. And it talks about their robe, and it talks about the breastplate, and it talks about the Urim and Thummim. Um, but then it talks about a holy miter. Anybody remember this? It was a plate. Uh, let me just go read it. Exodus chapter 28. I've got verse 36 written down. I hope that's right. Exodus 28, yeah, yeah, so it's talking about the robes, it's talking about the Urim and the Thummim, and it's talking about the breastplate, and it gets to this thing, this holy miter, look at verse 36, and thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, and grave upon it, like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord, and thou shalt put it on a blue lace, that it may be upon the miter, Upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow and all their holy gifts, and it shall be always upon his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. And so this concept of having God's name on your forehead is not foreign to us. There it's definitely, I mean, that's a, that's a thing that Aaron wore. A holy mitre. Um, here, is it, in, is, it, is it inscripted in their heads? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Is it describing their character? But there's a connection there between God and his people. And I think it has a lot to do with holiness. Look at verse 7, Revelation 22. Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. Let me, I'm sorry, let me get my Bible turned back over there. Revelation chapter 22, we're in verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now that looks familiar too. Anybody recognize that? Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. It's been a long time ago. <laughs> but in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, we're told, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, what's the difference? Listen, here's the two verses. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And then blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. What's the difference? Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we were told. 
that earlier. But if you notice in those verses, at the beginning we're told that there's a blessing in reading and hearing these words. And there is. There's a blessing in just reading it. There's a blessing in hearing it. But the focus is shifted now in this verse, not to reading and hearing it. Because we're almost done with that. We're in the last chapter of the last book. The reading and the hearing is almost done. Now the focus shifts to what? Keeping these things. That's the important part right now. Keeping these things. It's coming to an end very quickly. Look at verse 8 and 9. There's not a lot to say about these. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. What do you think about that? What do you think about John falling down here? Anything? What do you think he's doing? Do you find it a little weird, kind of crazy that he would fall down and worship before this angel? (laughs) Yeah. Is it a mistake? Listen, he, he, uh, he's done something similar before. Look in Revelation 19, <clears throat> verse 9. And he saith unto me, now this is where he's talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, he's done, that. He's done something similar there. Does anybody see a difference? In that verse. In verse 8 of 22. Anybody? There must not be a lot to talk about this morning. We're quiet. (laughs) Listen Listen at the verbiage. So here's verse 10 of chapter 19. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. And then in verse 8, I saw these things, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Do you think there's a difference there? One says he fell down to worship the angel. There's no doubt in 1910. John said, I fell down to worship him. 
the angel that was speaking to him. Here it says, I fell down to worship. So who is he worshiping? <laughs> That's the question if you're looking at this, this part of it. He already knew. He already had an angel tell him, don't worship us angels. We're your fellow brethren. Worship God. Here he falls down in worship at the feet of the angel. I don't know that he's worshiping the angel here. But even so, the angel corrects him. Because it shouldn't even appear that we worship anyone but God. You know, the Bible says, flee all appearance of evil. So whether he's worshiping the angel or not, <clears throat> I can't tell. But the angel corrects him here and says, don't, don't do that. He may have been worshiping God. But worshiping before the feet of this angel is not something that we need to do. Look at verse 10. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. What do you think that verse is saying? All right, maybe we should just read and just be done. There is no, no more opportunity. No more opportunity. If a person dies and they're unjust, they're going to continue in that. If a person dies and he's unrighteous, he's going to continue in his unrighteousness and will suffer the consequences of that. If a person dies and he's just or he's righteous or holy, not because of anything he's done, but because of the Lord, He's going to continue in that. And so, you know, I guess we've kind of talked about it before. And I've got some friends that are Catholic. I don't understand where they get this idea of purgatory. There is no purgatory. You know, they believe, if you weren't here when we talked about it, they believe that once a man dies, I don't know all the details of it. I don't care to know. Once a man dies, there's a place he can go. And he can kind of work this out. If he wasn't just super, super evil, there's a place he can go and it can be worked out. Now, what's funny to me is, is that you could bring money and treasures to the priests and they would pray and get him out of there. Money and treasure to a priest and he'd pray and your family member would be out of there how deceitful is that how evil is that we have the same thing going on today 
you know, I mean, I could name a couple. They're not local <laughs> that I know of. The ones I know of aren't. But I remember, boy, when Benny Hinn was big, you had people putting their self in the poorhouse, sending him money. And he's not the only one. How evil is that? There's no purgatory. There's no other. There's no change. It's over. Once you die, it's over. And I don't think we understand, if you're lost, how close you are to death. You don't have to die in a car wreck. You don't, nobody said you're going to die of old age. Your heart may stop before you take another breath. Very close. And when that happens, a person will continue in these things. Look at verse 12. We'll go through this, this one pretty quick too. And behold, I come quickly. You noticing the theme here? <laughs> in verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. In verse 12, behold, I come quickly. I think Jesus is trying to get across the fact that he is coming, and when he comes, it's going to be quick. Now, there's a ton of debate over whether he's saying, I'm coming back quickly, like in a time frame, or when I come back. It's going to be quick. Whatever you believe is fine. Either way, we have to be ready. We're not, it's not going to be that when he comes back in the rapture, we see him in the, in the clouds and you have a chance to be saved at that time. No. It's going to happen just like that. But we're told no less than six times that Jesus is coming back. Four times it's a promise, but two times it's a warning to those who aren't ready. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And there ain't, there's no need to put an exact date on it. These people that put dates on it just set themselves up for failure. There's nothing there that's, that we can put a date on. But it is imminent. You know what imminent means? It can happen anytime. There is nothing else that has to be fulfilled. All this stuff we've talked about through this revelation study, not one thing has to be fulfilled for the, the rapture to take place. Not one. Ma'am. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. If he's talking about, <clears throat> if he's talking about, I come quickly. When I come, it's going to happen in a moment. That's the rapture. His second coming is not like that. We don't know exactly what happens in the rapture. Well, I mean, we know what happens with us, but somehow the world explains it away. We don't know how, we don't know what will happen there. How do you explain all these people, and it may not be that many, but how do you explain these people just being gone? We don't know. There's a whole lot of things going on about UFOs right now. (laughs) They may use that. We don't know. 
So I think it depends on what he's talking about. If he's talking about I come quickly in, the, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that's the rapture. It's not the second coming. So, whatever one thinks there, but he's talking about coming back quickly. And he says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That'll be the last verse we talk about. Now, he's talking about a time of reward. That happens at the judgment seat of Christ. So he's talking about, I'm coming, and I'm bringing these rewards. And so when he comes in the rapture, we're going to get rewards, not because we're not saved by our works, but understand that these rewards are given out according to your works. And it's not the, uh, it's not, let me make sure I say this right, it's not the quantity of the works either, it's the quality. Um, we can do a whole lot of things for God and do them in the wrong spirit and not be worth anything. That'll get burned up. So, as you can tell, there's not a lot to say here. We're closing out very quickly. We're finished with verse 13, and there's 21 verses. So, we may finish next time (laughs) and move into something else. But the important thing I I think I took from studying for, for today was... Jesus stressing that he's coming quickly and realizing while that's a promise to us and it's something we look forward to, it's a warning to those who don't know him. And all these things we see and when we think, oh, I'm glad I won't be there for that, it really should motivate us to try to reach our family and friends for the Lord. All right, let's dismiss for Christmas.